0: One of the most tiring things in a marriage is when you continue to invest and invest and invest and you feel like you're getting nothing on your investment.
1: You're listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and we're talking about marriage this whole week on a parenting program because it does, like you said on Monday, profoundly impact yes. so many areas of your kid's life.
0: It does. It impacts the stability of the home, but it also teaches the next generation how to be married. How else will they know? What could be more important for me to teach my children? Number one, to teach them to love God. Number two, to teach them how to be married. Those are the top two things we want to teach our children how to do because it will either bless or curse their lives. And so it's important that we spend some time, and we've tried to once a month talking, one week a month talking about marriage and getting the smart barns in here, Rosemary, so we can do that. And just look at it because marriage is more challenging, I think, I and mean, I'd like to hear from two women on this, but I think marriage is more challenging than anybody dreamed. I think you get married and it's so, I don't, I don't know why, but it's so exciting to get married. I know why a man gets married because you're beautiful. Why else would I not want to be married to you? But I, I think after that, we're not sure what to do with this marriage thing. And it, it's just years of disappointment yeah. that we have to hide and can't talk to anybody about until at least one of us decides we're going to work on mm-hmm. this.
2: I think there are so many dynamics that we bring into the marriage relationship. And like you said, it's exciting at the beginning. And wow, this person that I'm just so drawn to and, you know, love and adore and love being with. And then we get married and we and the real life kicks in and all our differences from our backgrounds, genders, all of that begins to play. We get busy in life, the children come along, and then we have all those dynamics. And so it is a difficult thing to harmoniously live together and then also keep that spark and all that that we had when we first
0: yeah find um, even finding the spark i think after a year or two of marriage is a challenge it's a no-brainer why i mean I'm, i married the homecoming queen that gets you married an incredible hunk named bob and so all of that works together however <laughs> it's sad that neither of you are laughing but that's okay <laughs> i i i think then we're actually having to be married how do we do the be married part and we talked this week about the ingredients but i'm thinking about the spouse that's podcasting this and saying to himself or saying to herself, you know what, that's great, but I'm trying, but I'm getting nothing back. At what point do you quit? Mm-hmm. At what point do you decide all the efforts I'm doing and nothing is coming, there's no return on my investment. Why do I keep doing this? And I I wanna say, I run into and talk to a lot of men, you're gonna initially think women, I run into a lot of men who are just exhausted mm-hmm. from trying and yeah. getting nothing in return for mm-hmm. one of two reasons. Either she is very, very angry because of something he did or more likely something she came into the marriage with, or she's having an extramarital affair with her children, Mm -hmm. making them the priority, or she's all of life is a career for her and they're just dividing the bills. Mm -hmm. And he probably, in this case, is the relationship person and he's just starving for Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. The whole point of this series was a follow-up to another series called Boundaries, Establishing Boundaries. So that your marriage doesn't have a traumatic event take place in it, Mm -hmm. but that marriage is set up for a traumatic event when one of them is trying and the other one is not. So Mm -hmm. I think today we wanna talk to that spouse who is trying, who's listening to this, who even downloaded this podcast, this whole week and handed it to their spouse to listen and he's not going to listen to that or she's not going to listen to that. We want to come alongside them when they say, I'm making the investment. There's been absolutely no return on the investment Mm -hmm. and I'm running out of funds, to Mm -hmm. tell you the truth, to Mm -hmm. make the investment on my marriage. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that spouse?
2: Well, first of all, I think that we're not responsible for the outcome. We're not Mm -hmm. responsible for the response of our spouse. Certainly, we're hoping and praying that there will be a response. But I think the most important thing is that we are doing our part to create the response from our husband. I think, and this sounds very churchy, but the other thing is, I think, to be committed to praying for our spouse, to bring it before the Lord and saying, okay, I feel like I'm not getting any returns for the attention, the acceptance, all the things that we've been talking about all week. I'm getting nothing. But Lord, I want to be the kind of wife that honors you, first of all, and to commit it to prayer. There are great books out there on, again, not to sound too churchy, but there are great books out there on how to pray for your spouse and to specifically key in particular areas of Mm. of the spouse's life and finding scriptures that relate to that and praying those scriptures for the relationship and for the spouse. So I think, again, am I doing everything I know to be everything I can be as a wife or a husband? and then committing it to the Lord in Mm -hmm. prayer.
0: Mm -hmm. I think when we're in those difficult seasons, we really have to take a moment and decide the why. Why am I here and why am I doing the things I'm doing? And it's only natural to do all the things I need to do for my spouse, to respect my spouse, to love my spouse, to serve my spouse. It's natural to do all those things for your spouse. But when you're getting nothing in return, you have to back up and decide, I need a new why because this why isn't working. And the why really is, this has to be the ultimate form of worship. This has to be, present yourself as a living and holy sacrifice in view of God's mercy. Is this too much to ask? This is your supreme act of worship. I've got to decide, okay, Lord, I can't change this person. This woman I'm married to is angry, or this woman I'm married to is removed, and our marriage is just shut down. And so, what do I do? And I can almost hear God saying, Well, I can guarantee nothing will happen if you stop trying. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee so what is your goal? Mm-hmm. My goal has to be to serve you, Lord. And my secondary goal is the hope of a future, the hope of something happening here. You and I know a lady named Grace Shavis mm-hmm. who who invested in her marriage for I think forty or fifty years, getting nothing back from him. And then finally, a major turn. I mean, it happened. It all happened. And she's such a great story. Wrote a book about it. So why am I doing this? And I've got to review the why. If I'm doing it specifically to get what I want from her, that's not worship and that's not going to work.
1: And see, the temptation is everywhere in culture. I mean, you go to work and they say you deserve more. I mean, the word "deserve" uh, will yes. kill you if yes. you allow that to start right. permeating all your right. thoughts. And right. Right. Uh, we should all deserve to be happy. If you tried your best, and that's it, you can only do so much. I mean, little things like that. Boy, you let those thoughts fester in your mind, and before mm-hmm. you know it, you're ready to run out the door with your bags. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. I think
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. it's a throwaway culture. Yeah. I mean, you won't remember. I would imagine you're too young to remember repairing television sets that you would have someone actually come and repair a television set. No, no you don't, don't really. You know. I
1: remember there was some shop somewhere. Wow. Well, <laughs> TV repair. A, <laughs> but What was that for? had a
0: back on it and there were all kinds of tubes in there. But now we just throw them out. We don't get anything repaired anymore. And that's permeated our our look at the marriage relationship also. We just throw it out. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? In the very, 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 very difficult marriage scenario where one spouse is working and very discouraged, but the other spouse is doing nothing, not sinning, but doing nothing, just not investing in the marriage, then that's when we have to back up and I have to decide why. Why am I doing that? You did that for years in our marriage.
2: Well, going back to kind of answering that and going back to what Ruthie said was that I have to choose a focus. Am I focusing on all the things that aren't happening Or am I focusing on the things that are happening? What are the traits in my problematic spouse who doesn't care that are wonderful, that maybe he's a good provider or maybe he is a great dad or something? And focus on those things and edify, lift up, admire, accept all those things, the areas that he is doing well, and then remembering that God sees us in our imperfect form Seeing us with love and mercy and grace mm-hmm. of what we could be and will be someday for hmm. the kingdom's sake. And if we could get that focus for our problematic spouse that to admire the things that we see good, and then, you know admiring the the expectations of what he she could be, and which is what I think Grace Shabas did in, no, in the case no. with her husband.
0: Well, I I think we have to decide that I'm not going to change another person. I don't have the capability. And I think there are some people that come into marriage seeing some red flags and decide, but I can change this. And you can't change another person. I'm a full-time job for me. I can't change another person. So I've got to decide in this that I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible to love you as if you were perfect, as if you were awesome. Not that we don't have these discussions, but the evil one wants me to give up. There's such a great verse it sounds docile, but it's not. There's a man in prison in Rome and he sends this he sends this letter to the church at Philippi and says, I've learned to be content. Now this is a guy who had everything. I mean, the world's arguably the world's greatest evangelist who ever lived, named Paul. He had thousands that would listen to him and he debated the greatest. Now he's in house arrest in Rome with one visitor every four hours, a praetorian guard. And he has decided, I've learned to be content. Outside is not going to make me happy. In my heart has to make me happy. So in this marriage, I don't think we realized how much work it is and how much sacrifice those first eight years for us when I was a workaholic, and in, during those first eight years, you prayed for me every day, and your prayer was, you know, Lord, make me anything He needs, I need to be so you can help him be the man you want him to be. Your prayer should have been, Lord, take him out with the laser gun, he's a jerk, uh, <laughs> but you didn't do that. And over a period of time, you prayed me into being a better and more attentive person. And ironically, as people heard us talk about that, that's when two different publishers came and said, but you need to write books about that. Mm. And it's ironic, Because it came out of the pain of difficulty. It came out of the birth pains of having no clue what to do with the relationship because I brought my attachment disorder into the marriage where I I was afraid to get too deep and I'll just provide. I think that we need to get back to the why. And your why was. I am doing marriage as a form of worship for you, Lord. Is he my dream? No. Is this what I expected? No. Is this what I want? No. But I'm going to be sure that I will do my part.
2: And also not only doing my part, but again, going back to the another word, focus. You know, am I focusing on all the areas that he has failed or she has failed or is a disappointment? Or am I focusing on the things that are positive that I can focus on and really build from those points in, a, in our marriage relationship.
1: And that can be very challenging yes. if you've been holding on so much in your mind to those mm-hmm. disappointing aspects, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's all it is to you. And mm-hmm. then you start going back. Did I even ever love this person? Mm-hmm. You know, right. did we, I mean, dating wasn't even, we got married to get me out of the house. And mm-hmm. I mean, you start bringing up and digging up so right. much that you're just living in murky waters all the right. time because you're, continually yeah. digging up the yeah. bottom, you know? Uh, the, the negative things rather
2: than focus, focus, focus
0: on so the I, So I'm either going to give so much power to this person I'm married to who's dysfunctional for some reason or another, or I'm going to decide I give this person no power. I am going to be the one who has the power of God in me, and I'm going to show this person attention, even though I get no attention back. I'm going to show this person acceptance, admiration, affection, activities. I'm going to do this. And he gives us a training in that. And he gives us this training in that if you've ever had a baby, the baby brings nothing Mm -hmm. to the table, nothing, zero. The baby's not going to give you attention back unless the baby wants something. The baby is acceptable for what? What is this baby doing? Nothing. Admiring the baby, affection to the baby, activities with the baby. And slowly over a period of time, that investment, that emotional investment in that baby helps that baby grow up to be emotionally strong. I don't think we anticipate how much some of us spouses need of investment. So we have practice with our children. If we're sitting there in our marriages saying, gimme, 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 I need, I need, we're in trouble. We're coming in like a baby.
2: You mentioned um, the Apostle Paul in Philippians. There's another passage in one of the Corinthians where he says, I am overflowing with joy in our circumstances. And the circumstances that he and his cohorts were in were very negative. That may have also been while he was in prison. But what really stands out is the fact that he says, I am overflowing with joy in it, not when I get out of it, or if I were out of it, then I could be full of joy. But he chose to find joy. He chose to Be full of joy knowing who God was and who God wanted to be in his circumstances. So he was not overwhelmed by his circumstances. He chose joy in them.
1: It's almost like you're saying, though, that the option of out is never brought up in my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to be thinking, when does this end? Or Mm -hmm. is there ever an out? Like, those are not questions that you even bring up. Is that what you're saying?
0: Absolutely, because you can park there. And when evil puts that into your mind, are there times When divorce takes place, absolutely. It's sad. And when it says in Malachi that God hates divorce, he hates divorce because of what it does to two people. They've started the process of becoming one flesh glued together, and then divorce rips them apart, and there's pieces of each, just like a two-by-four. It never comes back clean. He hates what it does. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about where rampant, ongoing sin in a marriage by a spouse who refuses to stop it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the normal marriages that have traumatic experiences in them, difficult experiences, non-investors in the marriage, whatever the experience is, where God has one spouse in there who's in, in, loves God and in. And that one spouse has to choose to see it through. I know you've got a plan for me here. I know you know you know the outcome. I don't want to miss your outcome. So I'm doing this for you you know, just just a final thought here. I'm either going to do life from the outside in or from the inside out, that I'm either going to find my encouragement from the outside into me, or I'm going to learn to find the power of God in me and use it to come out of me to invest in this marriage that God has given me.
1: You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And uh, if you missed any of today's program or any of the others, we actually went down a list of the basic needs in a marriage. You can listen to all those programs online at parentingonpurpose.org. And for more marriage resources, where all the proceeds help children, actually, go online and find them there, written by Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes. They're at shfm.org. That's short for Sheridan House Family Ministries, and there's a wealth of resources there. We hope you join us next week. We'll be covering another topic here on Parenting on Purpose.